I do, I do need it, okay. All right, good morning everyone. Can everyone please stand and turn with me to Matthew 14. We're gonna read verses 22 through 33. Let me know when you're there by saying amen. Okay. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples go back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had arisen and they were fighting heavy waves. At about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I'm here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come. Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why do you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. God, please bless the reader, hearer, hearer and doer of his holy word. Let's pray. Most Holy Father, we begin this morning by saying how much we love you, how much we need you and how desperate we are for your Holy Spirit to come and transform our lives. Lord, we desire to be a people that is fully devoted, sold out to your principles, to your word, to the kingdom of God. Father, we understand, Lord, that the days are evil and there are so many things that are vying for our attention There's so many things that want to fight us on every side. But we thank you, Lord, that you have given us your precious word. Your word is so rich. It's so full. It is so satisfying to hear your word, Jesus. I pray this morning that as I speak, that, Lord, that you would use my lips, use my mind, use my body to speak the infallible words of God. I feel so unworthy to stand and minister when I consider how great, how awesome, how holy you are. But yet, Lord, I'm delighted to know that you use people like myself to speak your unfathomable, your everlasting, your eternal word. Bless this morning. Bless our hearing of your word this morning. Help us to hear, and not only hear, but let us be transformed, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I, 
I love, I love preparing to, to teach the word. What I love about it more than anything else is that God first speaks to me. And you need to know that every week that when I, before I come and I stand before you, that there has been some time put into what God wants to say to you. My wife will tell you, because she often says, when are you coming upstairs? Because uh, I can spend the whole day bathing, praying, getting his word. Because my, you know, part of it is God is dealing with me on some things. And then another part of it is that I want to make sure that I give myself completely to what God wants to say to his people. I take it very, very seriously. And so I had in my mind what I was going to talk about. But because I'm a praying person, um, God changed what I was thinking about doing. I had a whole other series that I was going to start. Those of you who know me, you know I like teaching in series because I think over time you get it more. And so we, we just we hammer it into you. Uh, with an expectation that you grow. And, uh, and God told me specifically to speak about the spirit of distraction. Distraction. It doesn't sound like a very, very exciting, exciting topic, but yet it is something that every believer in here have to deal with, and that is being drawn away being distracted from the things that God has called us to do. As I think of this, and I was meditating, and it's funny because even as God dropped this in my spirit, I was distracted at home. And I have a number of distractions that I have to deal with on a regular basis. Many of you, if you're parents, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you have your kids, and, or you have responsibility at work, or you have your phone that rings, or the dog that needs to be fed, or you got to take somebody to the store, you got meetings, you got, you got your PDAs, you got your iPods, you know, and that's really haven't helped us to slow down much. Actually, it helps to speed up things that much more. And so after a while, you can get so bogged down with the stuff of doing things. And may I add, not bad things. Not, not, not like, we're not talking about doing sinful things. We're talking about doing good things. That we can get distracted from the most important thing. The Bible says that all things are held together in Colossians by the word of his power. The Bible says that God created the heavens and earth and that he breathed the breath of life into man. If we understand that God holds all things together by the word of his power, which, which means that God, that also means that God holds your schedule together. Did y'all get that? That means your schedule, God controls that. Ultimately, he calls us, he blesses us, and he holds all things together by the word of his power. He is the source. He is the glue. He is the thing that keeps our life intact. He is the one that keeps our life straight. And sometimes what happens is that we get so busy with stuff that we don't have time to talk to God. 
we don't have time to pray. We don't have time to go to church. We don't have time to fellowship because after all, God knows I have a whole lot of things I have to get done. May I add that everything in this world is designed to pull you away from authentic, loving relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything in this world is set up. Hear me. It is all set up. The very thing that we need in order to have a degree of peace, joy. How many want peace, joy, happiness? How many of you want that? The very we all crave it. We all want it. But yet it eludes us at time because the enemy throws things in our pathway. He throws things in our pathway in an effort to keep us from staying connected to the one that brings stability and reason and purpose behind it all. I don't know about you, but I don't like doing stuff just for the sake of doing stuff. My time is valuable. How many know that time is a gift of God? And we ought to use our time wisely. Now, we're talking about balance. Because, yes, we can't, you know, we have to take care of responsibilities. We have to pay our bills. We have to go to work. We have to do all the various things that we do. Yes, we got to do all that. That need to be done. But never at the expense of putting Jesus on the back burner. Lord, I'll catch up with you later. So here's what I found out, that the enemy, how many know that, 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 that Satan don't like you? No, no. Satan really don't like you. John 10.10 says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Okay? Satan is after you because he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to steal everything good that God has given to you. Everything that's valuable, Satan wants to take it. He wants to steal from you. He don't want you to be happy. He, he wants your marriage to be jacked up. He wants your finances to be jacked up. He wants your relationships to be all. He wants that desperately because, because he knows if, if he can get you distracted to the point that you're not connected to Jesus, in the end, it's going to fall apart anyway. And particularly since you have been born again, you have the seed of the Son of God living on the inside of your heart. You are a target. Now, does that scare you? It shouldn't. It doesn't scare you because Satan can't do anything unless God permits him to do it. He's not in control of anything, really. God is in control. Greater is he that is in me than he that is where? In the world. So I don't fear Satan, but we got to understand that too many believers don't understand. Watch this. You hear me say this before. You heard me say this. But, but the, you're in spiritual warfare. Every one of us. You are, some of you, how many of you are battling some stuff right now? I mean, you're just battling some stuff. Sometimes we don't make the connection that there's somebody behind this, there's somebody back there that's pulling the strings to keep you and I jacked up, to keep you and I messed up, to keep you and I disconnected from God. Because once you start getting disconnected from Jesus, once you start that process, 
And how many know that there are points in God where, where you can grow? I've seen people, man, take off like a rocket. They just, I mean, they're growing, they're sowing, they're in the word, they're praying, they're talking to God on a regular basis. Then all of a sudden we, we, we lose it and, and we start going down this way. The spirit of familiarity, we take it for granted. And then we start slipping. Can I miss devotions today? Yeah, okay. God understand I was tired. You know, the next day come, well, something happened, something came up, so, you know. I can't get, I'll get to it whenever. And, and before long, it's been a week, two weeks, three weeks. You ain't even opened your Bible. It's a slippery slope. And it's all been by design. See, God sent me to tell you this morning to deal with a spirit of distraction. Because nothing should ever distract you from your devotion, your love of Jesus. Because he is the one that holds it all together. Satan knows that. Now watch this. Now watch this. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, turn there with, with me if you will, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll begin reading in verses 1 through 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll begin reading in verses 1 through 4. I want to lay a, a foundation here. When you get there, you can say amen. Amen, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The Bible says now, let's, let's start in verse number one. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, how many have received mercy? We do not lose heart. That means we don't quit. <laughs> because you've received mercy. And mercy demands a response. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully like some folks do, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Now watch this. Here's what he's saying about those who are perishing. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God should shine on them. Understand something here. The Bible refers to Satan as the God of this world. In fact, Jesus said in John 12, 31, Jesus said that Satan is the ruler of this world. Now, we understand that when it, when it speaks in that way, it's not saying that Satan actually is in control of all things. Y'all understand that, right? For the Bible says the earth is the Lord and the fold is thereof and everything that dwells in it. It all belongs to God. He alone is sovereign Lord. He's the one that puts one up and he's the one that knocks one down. Now, when the Bible refers to Satan as the God of this world, it's talking about this world system. See, this world system, man has relinquished his authority to Satan. This world is anti-God, anti-Christ. You understand that? The spirit of anti-Christ, the Bible says, is already here. So this world is anti-Christ, it's anti-God. Everything about this world generally is being led and guided by 
Satan himself, his system. And how many know that what Satan is doing? He listen, he don't want anything to do with God. He's trying to destroy the kingdom. He wants to destroy his message. He's a God of this world, meaning that people have chosen to worship him. People, whether, whether or not they want to say it or not, because you ask the average person, they say, well, I ain't, you know, they're not a believer. They're, well, I'm not worshiping Satan. Yeah, if you haven't received Jesus Christ, you're in it. You are in it, whether you, by default, you're in it. The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbeliever. But Jesus said that we're the children of light. The children of light are not supposed to be walking in darkness. We are supposed to be aware of what the enemy is doing. Jesus said, in fact, Jesus says in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Jesus said in one place in the, in the Bible, he says that the sons of this world are wiser than the children of light. He didn't say that to say that, you know, it was okay. He said it to say it's a shame. It should not be that way. We should be in the know. And we got to know that Satan is working overtime, watch this, to distract you. To, see, he can't do anything about your salvation if you're saved. But what he can do, watch this, he can make you totally ineffective, irrelevant, and you will make no difference in the earth. So what does he do? He puts things in your path. He does stuff all the time. He's working to try to pull you away. And too many believers don't even realize it. Because you got to stay connected. You got to make sure he's included in everything you do. You're talking to him. You're praying. You're, 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 you're with him on a regular basis. You're inviting Jesus to come into your domain and take control. But how many know? But if you never spend time with him, how will you know what the enemy is doing? One of the, see, I t- watch this. People say to me, well, well, I don't need to read my Bible every day to go to heaven. <clears throat> I hate that. Because it's not about that. I need to read my Bible. I need to get in the Word. I need to spend time talking to God so I will know so he can tell me what's to come. He can warn me of what the enemy is trying to do. That's why Satan don't want you coming here on 9 4. We say every week, prayer time at 9 45. How many people in this church show up for prayer time at 9 45 on Sunday? I'm busy, Pastor. Oh, I got I, I get up a little late. I have a rough weekend. You need to be here praying. Why? Not for a legalistic reason, not because, hey, well, because I'm not a spirit. It ain't got nothing to do with you being spiritual or less spiritual. It has to do with you connecting with him so that you can stay where he wants you to stay, be what he wants you to be, do what he wants you to be doing. Communicating with him, talking with him. Watch this. First Peter 5, 8. Turn there very, very quickly. A spirit of distraction. Watch this. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary. Uh, adversary means that Satan ain't your friend. Okay, watch this. The devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now understand this. The sober has to do with not being intoxicated with the world. How I many know you can get it? If you're not careful, you can be intoxicated with worldly things. You can be drunk in the world. But how I many know we need to be drunk in the spirit? So you can be to- intoxicated. When you're intoxicated with the world, that means you're just in it too deep. <laughs> you just need to come up out of that. You need, you need to get into the presence of God's people. You need to get into the presence of his word. You need to get into pre- you need to fellowship. You need to come where Jesus is. We cannot be so worldly minded that we're not connecting with Jesus on a regular basis. 
And watch this. He says, now, be sober, be vigilant. Vigilant has to do with being aware of your surroundings. Watchful, being alert. I'm alert. People tell me all the time, I had dinner with somebody the other day, and I tell them all the time, you know, when I eat, because part of my police training, they taught me, you know, is, is that I don't, I don't go to a restaurant. I sit where I can see the whole place because I'm watching. If I'm in my driveway at night and I go to my car and I got to get something in my car, you know, the way I go, to, I don't just go to my car, just open the door and just get stuff. I go to my car, open the door, and I'm looking around me. And I go in and I get stuff, I get it out like this. It's not because I'm paranoid, because I'm watchful. So many of us live our lives, we're not watchful of what the enemy is doing. And we can't figure out why my house is jacked up. Because the enemy is pulling strings. He's throwing things in your path. The Bible says that he, see, he goes about like a roaring lion. Watch this. See, he, he, he roars to distract you. See, when I, when, when, when I like a lion. How many of you ever been to the zoo? That's my favorite animal. I love lions. Boy, I love lions. I love lions. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. I love lions. That's, that's why I got that thing. See right there? Lion. I love it. I love it. It's a lion right there. It's my... So I'm not worshiping. Now, I'm not an idol worship. Come on now. Don't, don't do that to him. I'm just saying I love lions, okay? Somebody say, Pastor, worship. I'm not worshiping no idols. Stop telling lies. I ain't say that. All right. But what, do, what does a lion do when he roars? He wants to intimidate. He wants to distract because when he roars with authority, then, then, then you stop everything else. You see, you, you lose your, your, your senses about you. You forget about whatever you were doing because I'm distracted. And whatever the lion wants, you, 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 you're stuck because he wants to distract you. So the Bible says the Satan goes about like what? A roaring lion seeking. That means, watch this. He is on the prowl. Who is he seeking? Anybody that will give him some territory. Anybody that will let the enemy in. Some of us, we're letting stuff in our house. Let me tell you something. Dangerous. We're letting things into our space that ought not be there. We're giving the enemy. Now, now look, at, look at this verse. Look at Ephesians if you're chapter 4, verse 26. Gosh. Ephesians 4, 26. If you get there, say Amen. Now watch this, watch this. Say, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your what? Wrath. Nor give what? Place to the devil. Now watch this. How do I give place to the devil? See, every time, first of all, every time I disobey anything that God has instructed me not to do, you know what I'm doing? I'm giving up territory. If God says, don't commit adultery, don't sin, don't fornicate, and I give up, then we know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm relinquishing territory. See? If, God, if you don't handle your money right the way God says, handle your money, I'm, I'm relinquishing territory. Every time you disobey God, here's what you do. You're giving up some territory. Ground that you're supposed to have. This, this is your blessing. See, see, I, God, the Bible said, Abraham, said, Abraham, everywhere you place your feet, I'm going to bless you. It's going to be yours. The people of God ought to be taking stuff for God. We ought not be allowing the enemy to come in and do what he want to do. But how many know, whatever you give Satan a little bit, he ain't going to take a little bit. 
Oh, no, he ain't like that. He ain't your buddy. He is not. You can't give him a little bit. He going to take everything. If you let him in a little bit, it's, it's like it's like. It's like the guy to come knock on the door. I used to work home invasion robberies, you know, as a detective. And people knock on the door. And, and you know, uh, can, can we just come in? And then, they, you know, they open the door and let these folks in. And, and they bring in a whole group. Bandits. Cuff them up and take over the whole house. That's how the enemy does. He wants to come in and take over your whole life. Because he wants to distract you. He don't want you to stay connected. He don't want you to pray. He don't want you to read your Bible. He don't want you to talk to them church folks. Church people get on my nerve. How many of you have ever said that? <laughs> I'd rather for them to get on my nerve than some of the other stuff to get on my nerve. I'm just saying. I'd rather put up with the church folk than to put up with some other stuff. But the enemy, the Bible says don't give place. There's a reason why he says don't give place. Don't give, don't give, up, your, don't give up your blessing. If God tells you to do something, then do it. See, if God says, okay, you ought to forgive this person. We said, I ain't going to forgive him. Then I'm not going to forgive. Then he, you know what we're doing? Okay, devil, we're giving you a little bit of space. Now the root of bitterness starts setting in. Then you start getting mad. You start getting angry. You see, you start getting angry. And the devil got a foothold. Some translations say, don't, don't, don't let a foothold. The devil puts a foothold. He plants, he makes his tent right there in your life. And he makes you miserable. Why? Because you gave him some space and he's coming in to lure you away. See, you remember I said everything about this is the spirit of distraction. Everything is designed to distract you. This world, that TV set, you hear me. That PDA, yes, the iPad. My wife was joking me the other day. I was, I was telling her well, yes, this morning I was preaching. And first thing she said, iPad. She's making a point. That we can get so distracted with doing stuff that we say, well, you know, you know, I got, you know, I could be doing some other things. And, and then that's when we start peeling off. See, as, as a person who is, as a man who, who, who is the, the, the leader of your home, see, see, we're called as men to take authority. See, as a man in my house, I lead. I don't boss, I lead. Bosses of the devil. How many know that? Jesus led. Jesus was a leader. He never forced nobody to do anything. He loved them. He inspired them. Good leaders know how to inspire. You don't force people. She ain't supposed to do what you tell her to do. You love her. You show her an example. I'm going to show you how to lead. I take a thought. Listen, I think, you know, and, and sometimes I drive my kids crazy. Because they go flip, they, they, they'll cut the TV on and, and, and everything is like G. And they get mad because they can't see nothing. <laughs> G, what's the code? <laughs> Mama, keep, what's the code? I block it all up. Because I can't just let anything come in my domain. Amen. Because they're spirits. She's laughing back. They look at it. She's laughing because she knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> look, I'm the, I'm, I'm the, I'm the leader of all. I ain't going to let the devil distract me and my family. Listen, I have a responsibility. I got to care for that woman and those kids. That, that's what God gave me as a leader of my home. And, and I'm going to do it. And if that makes some of my folk upset in the crib, the other cribs. <laughs> Somebody say amen. amen. I'm just saying, 
You can't give the devil place. Why? Because he want to distract you. He want to keep you away. Keep you away. Keep you away. Don't pray. Don't 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 read the Bible. Don't don't. You know, Jesus can't speak because we're too bogged down with stuff. He's keep trying to talk to us, but we can't hear him. It was amazing during consecration week, man. Everything. I mean, it was like, man, revelation just stopped pouring in. God just stopped talking, man, because you just out of the, you know, you ain't being distracted. He just start dumping stuff into your life. How you know that he's always dumping? But sometimes it's like that. We got these filters. You know, if anybody knows anything about Internet, they got filters. Sometimes filters just block stuff. Jesus is being blocked because we're too distracted. Now, watch this. So here we come to our story. Peter. Peter walks on water in Matthew chapter 14. First of all, everybody like to slam Peter, but Peter walking on water. I, I love Peter. You know why I love Peter? Because Peter was just like most of us in here. We got a big mouth. <laughs> we talk too much. And then when the heat comes on, we kind of like, we shrivel. Peter was, Peter was rambunctious. Peter said, Lord, bid me. I want to come on the water. I want to walk on water. Lord, can I walk? Jesus says, Peter, come. The Bible, it, it doesn't even talk about there was, some, there was some serious prayer. Jesus didn't break out some anointing oil. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't do it. Peter just started walking. He was looking at Jesus, though. He started walking. He was cool. Now, this passage of scripture don't mention anything about Satan, but I want to use this scripture to illustrate and drive home the point that just as Peter got distracted, that's how the enemy distracts us. Now, watch. Peter's walking on the water. The other disciples are in the boat. Peter is doing fine. In other words, he's going like this. See? Life is good. All of a sudden, he sees the waves and the wind, and there must have been some big waves. All right? Because the Bible says Peter saw the waves and he got distracted. See, Jesus was in front. He got distracted. And as soon as he saw the waves, what happened? The brother started sinking. See, the minute that you stop doing the stuff that God tells you, you know what happens? Where the brother at? Somebody throw a life jacket. Where's she at? Sinking. Help, help. Peter was on. And that's how many of us are. You see, we see, you know, it's one thing to have a presence that the waves and the wind are there. You know, you see, here's the, here's the thing. When you're walking with Jesus, when you stand connected with him, it's not that I don't know what's going on around me because I know. I know there's some wind. I know there's some waves. But I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on him because I got to keep him first. If I keep him first, he'll fix that. But see, I can't see when Peter saw that and that became his focus. And he got lured away into that and he sunk. He sunk because he he magnified the problem. Now, some of us see see the winds in the wave record that, that, that that's for, for, for you and me, for our purposes. The winds and wave rec- represents problems, situations, right? Financial problems, marital problems, bills, children, all of these things, right? They, 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 they can distract us. Good things. We're not talking about sin. Good things. Pastor, after all, you know, I got to, 
Yes, you do. But they can distract you to a point that you can be carried away and you can leave Jesus behind. Like, Lord, I'll check with you later. I got to go fix this problem. When I fix this, Lord, I'll come back. Right now, I got it. See, everything going okay, God? I'm good. I'll check back with you when things get really bad. Check in. Okay, Lord, look cool. I see you later. Boom. See, God blessed us. We were walking on water. Walking on water. Then all of a sudden, we forgot. Got distracted. I can't pray no more. I ain't going to go to church no more. You know, I can't. I'm, 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 I'm busy. And then what happened? You, you start to sink. And, and Jesus is still over there like, well, trying to find you. Like, where you at? Um, that story seems familiar. What did he say to Adam? Adam. We know when they ate that fruit. Where art thou? Where yet? Now, y'all know God knew where he was. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, he can't be. He's omniscient. I mean, he knows all things. Like, we studied the other omniscient. That means all-knowing. So it's like, ain't God didn't ask, like, 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 Adam, where are you? Like, God was trying to figure out where I put him. God was saying, no, we had relationship. We were at a certain place. There was a certain intimacy. Where you at? What happened? Why'd you, why'd you walk away from me? What's up? Peter got distracted and the boy was sinking. But thanks be to God, he had enough sense to say, Lord, save me. Look at verse number 30, if you did. At that same, at that same verse in Matthew. Look at the neighbor. Well, I want you to look up in the Look up and look up to heaven and say, Lord, save me. Just look up and say, Lord, save me. Because how many know we need it in Jesus' name? We need it. But look at verse number 30. But when he saw the wind was boisterous and he was afraid, see? See, that's what happens. You get in fear. When you ain't walking with God like you're supposed to, you see, the Bible says, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of what? So then I know if I want my peace, I want my joy, I need to get where? And if I ain't in his presence, then probably I'm going to be feared up, jacked up, scared. And you know you make decisions out of fear. You know that's dangerous. How many know you make decisions out of fear? So he, he, so he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. Now, isn't it good to know that even though we miss it sometimes and we start sinking because we didn't just got sidetracked, that we can cry, Lord, save me, and we get in trouble. And you know what he'll do? He'll come running right, to, right here. I got you. I've been waiting for you. Come on, come on, right here. Come on, come on, right back up. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's right. Jesus didn't say, he didn't have a conversation. He didn't go like, you know, now he did tell him after. He said, now, now, where's your faith, boy? Why did you doubt? What's up? You've been walking with me all this time? Why you, why, why you doubt me? See, we can cry no matter where you are, no matter what you've done in life. Don't matter. That's good. That's right. But if you stretch out your hands and say, Lord, save me, you know what he'll do? he come running. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He'll come right here. He'll pull you right up out of the junk and <sighs> blow you off and set you back on your way. That's how he works. That's why we love him so much. That's why it ain't hard for me to bless him. That's why I lift my hands in public. That's why I talk about the goodness of the Lord because I know what he, some of you don't know what he's done for you because you're scared. Scared to talk about him. Scared to worship him. I, I, well, you know that you know that you've blown it and, and God was just, that he keeps lavishing his love on you and, and, and he just, and see, that's the thing. That's, that's the thing that makes me realize. It's, it's like a little reminder. Jesus saying to me, you got to keep your eyes on me. 
Luke chapter 10, turn there real quick, verse 38. Now, everybody liked to, everybody liked to talk about Martha. You know, you know the story about Mary and Martha, right? Everybody liked to slam Martha. Martha, Martha. She just ain't spiritual. Martha was, how many know Martha was a good servant? Because I don't know about you, but if I'm coming to your house, I want you to clean up. I don't like dirt. I'm saying, if you come to my house, we clean up, don't we, kids? Everybody, we clean, 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 clean. I want you to clean. But when I show up, I want you to sit down and talk to me. Because I ain't coming to watch you clean. But here's the thing. Well, I want, well, listen to this. This is, this is so rich. Because Martha is there. She's just going off sweeping, sweeping, sweeping. Now watch this. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Who, who invited Jesus there? <laughs> Did you see that? Now watch this. And she had a sister called Mary. See, Mary is always blessing, ain't they? You always find a Mary. They, Mary, so they're just blessed. Who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his what? But Martha. Everybody say but. but. You know, when there's a but, that means kind of a negative thing is about to be stated. <laughs> Something's not good. Something's not great is going to happen at this point. But Martha was what? Was she doing a bad thing? Was she doing a bad thing? No. She's cleaning up. When, you know, when you're doing all the things you have to do in your very, very busy life, they're not bad things. But they can't never be done at the expense of putting Jesus on the back burner. How I many know we got to include Jesus in on all that stuff? We got to make sure that we communicate. But, but Martha was distracted with much serving. So she didn't just serve. This sister was like, she didn't, she, didn't, she didn't have a cutoff. She couldn't stop. And she approached him and, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? <laughs> and you know she's hot. You know she's in the flesh, right? Because she says, therefore, tell her. And Lord, you, in other words, now she's going to tell Jesus what he needs to do. Jesus, you need to tell her. Watch this. Help me. <laughs> This ain't right. I'm sitting here serving. I'm, I'm doing a good thing, you know, like many of us. Lord, I'm busy. I'm doing good stuff. Lord, I got to take care of the kids, you know. You know, Lord, I got to pay the bills, you know. Lord, I got to do all this stuff. Are we there? Y'all getting it? And Jesus answered and said to her, and you can see the love. Jesus was so, he was so, he said, Martha, Martha. <laughs> I mean, you got to love Jesus. Jesus looked at it with a lot of love. I mean, you can feel the passion in this. He says, Martha, he, had, he says her name twice. He, he's, he's one, he's, I want you to know I love you so much, but I got to, t- I got to get you right. <laughs> Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about not some things, many things. And Jesus, but, but, but what one thing is needed, that is. See, many of us are worried and troubled about many things. And sometimes when you get worried or troubled, I, I, here's what I found out. Usually if I'm worried and I'm troubled about something, I'm doing less praying. That's why the Bible says do not worry. Well, I can't help it. Yes, you can. Jesus will not tell you not to do something if you can't not do it. I know I butchered that English, but y'all got it. I know I just butchered it. You come here, you, I tear your shirt up, you know. 
Summer can communicate much better than me. I mean, y'all, you want good English? Hook up with Summer. But I'm just going to give it to you raw, like from Wakefield, Virginia. That's where I came from, country boy. So it's all jacked up. But y'all get the point, though. I promise you that. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will never be taken away from her. He said, she said, he said, he said listen, listen. I understand you're upset. I understand, Martha, you're busy. But you got to know, know when to turn it off. And, 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 and you, need, you can learn some things from Mary. See, she spent time sitting at my feet. There is no such thing of a Christian, it should not be, that says, I'm too busy for the Lord. I'm too busy to go to church. I'm too busy. Well, the only problem with that is the one that controls all things also controls that breath that's in your body. And he can slow you down. I don't know about you, but I don't want him to have to slow me down for me to hear. I don't want to be that. I mean, I want to, when he speaks, I want to say, hey, 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 here I go, Lord. Speak. Your servant here. <laughs> yes, sir. Speak, Lord. So what, what, are, we, what are we saying? We, we, we're saying this. God, God spoke to me yesterday in my prayer time. He says, there's a spirit of distraction that's going to come against this church. And it's already started. That's what God was showing me. And people are going to get distracted. Here's why. Because God is going to start blessing. He's already blessing, but he's going to start blessing you even more. Amen. I just sense in my spirit that God is blessing this church and he's blessing his people. You know, when you walk with God, there's a blessing to come with that. That's right. That's good. See, God does it just to give you a little incentive. See, if you do what I tell you to do, I'll bless you. And sometimes when we get blessed, we let the same blessing distract us from doing it. God gave me a job. He promoted me. But I can't ever come back to church because I'm too, I got to work. God bless you with this, but I don't have time to pray. I mean, no God ain't ever going to bless you with anything that's going to pull you away from him. If God blesses you, he blesses you in order to further his agenda. If he blesses you, he ain't ever going to bless you so you can just run off. Let me tell you something. I've been doing this thing now for about 20, I'm in my 21st year walking with the Lord. And, I, and I'm not perfect. I've made my shared mistakes. But I really walk with the Lord for 21 years. As best I know how. My wife would tell you. I mean, my problem is I get too deep into it. And I, I don't know how to turn it off sometime because she had to come and get me. You need to put the book down. You got kids. You need to take care of some things. Because I mean, no, you got to have balance in life. We're not talking about being unbalanced. We're not saying that forego what you need to do. We're just saying you got to make sure that Jesus is the inspiration. Jesus said, I do nothing unless I see my father do it. Jesus, the Bible said that he was so busy that sometimes, watch this, he didn't even have time enough to eat. But oftentimes the Bible said that Jesus would just, he would just get away from him and he would go find his secret place. They went, where he at? They come look, where, where, where did Jesus go? Jesus would find him a place. He said, this is killing me. This is too, I need to make sure that I ain't just doing stuff to be doing stuff. I got to know that what I'm doing, he's with me. I got to know that what I'm doing, that he's talking to me. I got to know that what I'm doing, he's inspiring me because I don't have time to waste. Days are evil. And the only way you're going to know that you're doing what he wants you to do, you got to spend time with him. You got to talk to him. You don't just get saved and all of a sudden you can hear God. How many know your kids? <laughs> Those of you moms, you know, your kids just don't hear you. I mean, you have to tell them over and over again. I mean, they, they, don't, they come out the womb crazy. 
you know, I mean, just running all over the place. Sit down, stop. And they just do it. everything you tell them not to. You didn't, you didn't sit down and tell them, you know, when the kid come and share with you, tell them it's mine and smack them inside the head with the toy when they come bothering you. You don't tell the kid that. You don't tell the kid that that kid come mess with you, take the toy and hit the kid upside the head. But they do it. <laughs> you ain't taught them that, did you? You didn't teach them that. I mean, I, I never forget. We were driving down the road one day and, and uh, Christian, my, my, my oldest boy, we're driving down the road, he's in the back car, and, and I'm just driving there. Yeah. And he was proud, I don't know, he was proud about maybe one, two years old. And uh, we're going to the road, he goes, McDonald's! McDonald's! And he's, I'm like, what? Because he saw the big old, big old yellow thing. And I said, man, I ain't never, how did he know that? I never sit there and talk to that boy nothing about me. He just figured it out. The point, the point of it is, the, 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 the point of it is, is this, that you got to train yourself to hear God. Our children, how many know they blow it and they don't hear well? And you got to keep telling them stuff over and over again. And after a while, they catch your spirit, they'll learn your voice, and they'll know what to do. You don't even have to ask them. Because you've been living around, you've been living with me long enough. So, parents, there's hope. <laughs> For you parents, there's hope. They'll get it at some point. One day you're going to look up, they're just going to be cutting the grass. Or they're, gonna be, they're just going to be washing the dishes. And you didn't even have to walk up to them and say, wash the dishes. They're just going to be no washing it. I came home one day, the yard was all done up, and I said, Hallelujah! Oh, <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Baby, did you tell him? No, he just got up and just did it. I mean, at some point, <laughs> the light bulb, come on, you see? But he had to go through a process. Keep talking to me. Keep learning. But see, if he never, if he cuts me off, he don't talk, then, then you, you, he gets disconnected. He gets distracted. Then he, he don't get it. See, see you're going to learn how to hear God the more you stay in his presence, you read his word. You're going to miss him sometimes. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to trip. You're going to fall. But you keep doing it. Then after a while, you'll come very proficient, and you'll know exactly what God is asking you to do. And you, some of the stuff, you know, I got to cut this off because God is going to speak to your spirit. You'll know it. Some things God's already told some of you, you just ain't wrong, it ain't sinful, but you just need to stop it because it's distracting you. Finally, in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, he says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. You know, every weight, that ain't necessarily sinful. See, weight can be golf. Weight can be football, too much of it, excessive. See, every weight, that's just stuff to hold you down. You know runners, when they run, you ever notice they got very little stuff on when they run. They don't have much clothes on at all because they don't want anything to hold them back. How many of you want to run for Jesus and you don't want nothing to hold you back? See, he said, and the sin which so easy, now that's the obvious. They got to get rid of that. I mean, with sin, it just hinders you. It stops you. You can't, you can't move. It's terrible that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Keep going. Looking unto who? Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That's powerful. You know what that tells me right there? Listen. He says that, so while you're going through life, while you're doing your busy stuff, make sure that you're staying connected to Jesus, okay? 
Make sure you spend adequate time in his presence, in his word, reading his word, in fellowship. And while, while you're going through life, you, there are going to be problems around. You're going to see these things, but while you're going through, keep your eyes on Jesus. He said, keep looking under Jesus. Why? Why do you want to keep your eye on Jesus? Because he's the author and the finisher. He's the one that started it. He's the one that's going to end it. In other words, the author and finisher mean that he's everything. So there is nothing that is more important than your being and staying connected to Jesus. So what are you going to do? You heard this word this morning. Some of us, if we're honest, we've been a little bit distracted. We've just been distracted. Stuff just come in, the enemies come in, and, and we're just distracted, and we can't figure out what's wrong. Just, just say, Lord, save me, and receive the life jacket. Get, get back up. How many know Jesus always lift you up? There are going to be things, as God bless the people in his church, you're going to get distracted. Don't let the blessing turn into a curse. Don't let it happen because there's a spirit of grace coming to this church. And God showed me that as I was praying yesterday. It's going to come in this church to the people that's a part of his church because and God is blessing us for a broader purpose. He ain't going to bless us just for us. He's going to bless us so that we can reach people, cities and nations so that you would know that he is God. And the byproduct of that is here's the byproduct. You get to enjoy some of the good stuff that God bless you with. Just a byproduct. You get guys say, look, I'm blessing you for this purpose, but in the meantime, because you've been good, I'm gonna let you enjoy some of the stuff that I'm gonna bless you with. We just gotta make sure that we don't get distracted along the way. Amen. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eyes closed.